This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Andy Murray, and you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. Hello and welcome to The Tennis Podcast, brought to you in association with The Telegraph from the Fever Tree Championships, from quarterfinals day of the Fever Tree Championships 2018. And it has been absolutely glorious at the Queen's Club today, hasn't it? I haven't experienced any of it. I've been in a studio for Amazon, but Gigi, you have, and it's been just lovely perfect conditions apparently tomorrow the weather is going to be ridiculous it's going to be hotter than places like Rio de Janeiro and we're just getting started a lot of flesh on show a lot of pims flowing not really a cloud in the sky a slight breeze really really nice conditions hang on Rio de Janeiro is southern hemisphere though so it's the winter there but it's still normally warmer there than it is here Fair enough. We have our four semi-finalists. Myself, Catherine Whitaker, by the way, Gigi Salmon alongside me. Uh, day five of the Fever Tree Championships. That's why, they, I mean, you probably know who we are by now. But just in case you thought one of us was tennis fangirl Jason Isaacs, who featured on the podcast yesterday. No, we're not. It is Catherine and Gigi. We're back. And, uh, yeah, we have our four quarter-finalists. They will be Marin Cilic against Nick Kyrgios and Novak Djokovic against Jeremy Chardy, who is now 11, no, 12 and 1 for the season, Gigi. We'll talk about him uh, in due course. But first and foremost, um, we'll be hearing from all four, to four quarter finalists. But Marin Cilic destroyed Sam Querrey this morning. To the battle of the two uh, former champions, Cilic in 2012, Sam Querrey back in 2010 against... Uh, Marty Fish, who it feels like has been retired for an age. <laughs> that, but I mean, and Sam Quarry isn't even that that old, is he? In, in the con- what is he? Thirty one. In the context of modern tennis, he's uh, he's a spring chicken. But anyway, it feels like he spanned quite a lot of generations at the Queens Club. Uh, but he was pretty much dismantled by Marin Cilic today, the top seed. Yeah, Marin Cilic has got into his groove. I think the other thing is Marin Cilic has, has never lost to Sam Querrey. He's got a complete head-to-head against him. Largely, they've played out on grass, and it's just it's a fit 
Fermat and Chilich. Yes, they're both big servers, but sometimes you get a player comes up against another player and it just always works against them. And Marin Chilich afterwards saying, you know, look, it's, it's tough and it's going to be difficult, etc., etc. But it's a matchup that really works for Marin Chilich. He's also looking very focused. He's also looking very comfortable. Actually, we did a feature in the, the men's locker room this morning before play started. We were trying to do it before any players arrived because I shouldn't really be in the men's locker room at any point. But then... Sam Quay arrived, Steve Johnson arrived, and Marin Cilic arrived. And when we were in there, just having a little wander around, just checking that it was okay that we did it, just Marin Cilic very calmly just chatting about the football last night's football of Croatia's whenever I just seen it with oh, Sam Quarry having a really nice kind of laid back Marin Cilic conversation but they were chatting away very 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 nicely but he went on to the court it was a very aggressive Cilic and he's through just before we hear from Marin Cilic because you caught up with him after the match we, since you've mentioned the football we must mention Diego Schwartzman and uh, Juan Monaco who trekked over to Moscow for the Croatia-Argentina match last night and got completely trolled by Andy Murray online for posting a picture of themselves proudly pitch side just moments before the 3-0 destruction of Argentina at the the hands of Croatia. Uh, Yeah, an absolute burn from Andy Murray on social media. Uh, But anyway, uh, that's in Moscow. We're in London and here is Gigi chatting to Marin Cilic after his victory. Marin, you must be delighted. A third straight Queen's semi-final. I am, especially after today uh, and playing Sam. And uh, obviously before the match, uh, I was uh, looking that it's going to be a tough one, a very tough one. And especially uh, from last year, we had a, a great battle in uh, in Wimbledon. And, uh, you know, today was, was extremely tough. First set, I think towards the end of the first set, I played, I started to play great tennis and I was probably a little bit better on the court but obviously it's difficult to, to win a tie break and, and uh, managed to do that and carried on with the momentum in the second set and uh, cruised to the victory. Very tough player but you have this fantastic head-to-head against mm-hmm. him. Is that in your mind when you go out to face a player at the past and, and what you've done and in this case you hadn't lost to him before? Um, yes and no. In in terms of yes, uh, it, it helps. Uh, you know, the, the confidence I think helps with your own game plan. But uh, in terms of no, uh, it's a new match, a uh, new atmosphere, new everything, uh, new thinking, and obviously he can come out also with new tactics and uh, just uh, different things. So you have to always play, uh, you know, from scratch. Something I was wondering about your top seed here at Queens for the first time. Now you're mm-hmm. a top seed in the 500 at, at Rio earlier this year. Does it make a difference coming in as the man everyone wants to beat being the top seed in the draw? Um, yes and no, again. <laughs> uh, in terms of yes, um, you know, obviously it, uh, it helps out a little bit. Uh, you know, it, I think uh, I'm kind of a player that uh, you know, looks at things that I have to still execute well on the court, no matter where I'm positioned in the draw. And uh, in terms of no, um, I forgot it. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, I spoke to your compatriot, Monte Pavic, earlier, and I mentioned the football. He said he stayed very calm during Croatia 3, Argentina nil. How were you during it? It was up and down, you know. First, uh, first half was was a difficult half. Uh, I think both teams were quite quite nervous. A lot of tackles. Both teams had a chance to to score a goal. Um, you know, finish uh, no nil, and then uh, it opened up by a mistake from the goalkeeper. 
great shot by Rebic and uh, you know things uh, turned dramatically from that point on and obviously one of the biggest victories for Croatia in the World Cup and uh, now looking ahead uh, and, and uh, you know to continue to play well in the group for, for the last match against Iceland and uh, hopefully that we can carry on with this great form forward. Do you celebrate wildly when you watch them or are you quite calm because you're quite a laid back character? Yeah I'm, I'm, a, I'm a wild supporter when, when it's uh, you know the when you know things are happening for Croatia and obviously a big thing is I think uh, you know to be at the World Cup and to uh, be competing with the best nations in the world. Mara, thank you and good luck in the semi-finals. Thank you. So maybe this is a trend Gigi of players being inspired by football results. Quite possibly, quite possibly. I mean, Marin Cilic was very much like, as long as Croatia's doing well, and maybe they're inspiring me, and maybe I can inspire other people. Obviously, I mean, Marin Cilic is a very relaxed character anyway, but maybe the football takes their mind off it a little bit because they've got something to watch, and they're chatting about with the other players in the lounge. I know Djokovic said today that there'll be some texting with the Swiss players this evening, Serbia against Switzerland. So maybe it's actually quite a nice distraction for them. And Nevat Djokovic has been playing quite a lot of football on the practice courts in the morning before his matches. I'm sure it's a sort of relaxation technique. We see Nick Kira. I mean, he had a basketball court out on, on, on the practice courts <laughs> one morning and I hope Graham Kempton didn't see that, the head groundsman, because he would have been having heart palpitations. Uh, but yeah, that seems to be a bit of a trend, playing sports that aren't tennis on the practice courts of the Queen's Club. Uh, so yeah, Marin Cilic will face Gigi Nick Kyrgios in the semi-finals tomorrow because Kyrgios got the better of Feliciano Lopez, the defending champion, in two tie-break sets. For me, even though it didn't go to a decider and it very easily could have done, Lopez had chances. That was the match of the tournament so far. It was a good contest between the two. It was a tough one, isn't it? When you've got two big servers like that, it just goes along as it does, but there were spectacular points and what were largely short rallies dominated by the serve. Nick Kyrgios, what, 82 aces in, in three matches, 32 aces today, absolutely insane. The, the arm is so relaxed with the serve at the moment, the elbow is feeling good, it was absolutely incredible and uh, it would have been nice to see another set of that one actually because as I say it wasn't it wasn't the kind of match where you got into and there were 20 shot rallies and you were focusing on everything it was short sharp and quick with some of the shots they were coming up with he was so relaxed he was impersonating other players he did uh, he did Roger Federer and Gael Monfils in his match yesterday Uh, did he do any today he seems to only do it at 40 love up, doesn't and he? And I think as the tournament gets on a little bit more, I mean, today was replaced in the semi-finals. You felt like you had the Nick Kyrgios that meant business out there against Feliciano Lopez. Definitely different, isn't it? It's a completely different Kyrgios to the one that faced Andy Murray. I know that the whole dynamic of playing Andy Murray is really weird for him and, and for everybody watching, and maybe that will change now that he's finally got a win over him. But, um, yeah, he was, he was, you know, trick-shotting all over the shot against Andy Murray. He was doing all of his head shaking and, oh, you know, I'm, I'm in. He said he was in pain throughout the match afterwards. I'm not questioning, you know, whether that was in fact the case. It's a knuckle down Nick Kyrgios without question. He's played a lot of tennis. He played two doubles matches. He's played three singles matches now. He seems to be physically fresh. I know he's not known as the hardest worker off the court, but I don't know. Is it having Leighton Hewitt? 
around? I think that's a big thing. I mean, he sees him as, as a mentor. He loves playing Davis Cup. He loves the fact that Leighton Hewitt's in charge. I think it, he has an influence over Nick Kyrgios, as much of an influence as anyone can have over Nick Kyrgios. I know his, his mother goes through the ringer courtside when she's watching. I mean, any part of that team watching Nick Kyrgios, you must, you must not really know what's going to go on. Leighton Hewitt is, is used to it. He's a very good influence on Nick Kyrgios. Maybe it is. I know in the doubles he didn't want to let Leighton Hewitt down. He was quite nervous playing doubles with him. I also think we saw against Kyle Edmund there was a little bit of the kind of oh no it's going to go badly for Nick Kyrgios <laughs> but then I think he gets to the quarterfinals and it, and it just felt like he was all business and then the next step you know it's one match away from the Queen's finals so I think the deeper you go the the more tennis we're going to see and maybe the, the, we're still going to see a tweener or two that's that's part of Nick Kyrgios said help himself. Oh, he says of course I do he said I do that every day in practice it's just something I don't really think about it's just something I do well, he, you mentioned the serving performance of Nick Kyrgios and the fact that, I mean, he, he has produced incredible individual serving performances before, but doing it consistently, backing it up match after match, he says himself is something he's not necessarily done before. I can't really remember a specific time where I've served at, at this level back-to-back. You know, I didn't expect to serve the way I did yesterday, but I just found my rhythm early again in this match, but I felt like I had to. You know, he was serving... Um, he was serving pretty good today. I'd, I wasn't able to really read or kind of lean to, towards the side when I was returning. I thought he served way better today than he did in Stuttgart when I played him last week, but I obviously served better as well. So, yeah, I feel good. Um, you know, managing my hip and doing you know a couple of hours of treatment on that every day. Um, but my my main my main focus is my elbow. My elbow is feeling good, which is the most important thing. I'm not even thinking about Wimbledon yet. You know, I just want to keep my grass court form going you know I'm in a good place right now on the grass I'm serving well I feel I feel good from the back you know and I want to just stay focused you know for this tournament and you know I definitely feel like my preparation for Wimbledon maybe hasn't been this good before you know I've never won around here so I've always gone into Wimbledon maybe a little bit underdone match wise so you know I've played a lot of matches going into Wimbledon which is maybe something that can help me going forward. So that was Nick Kyrgios speaking after his victory. I, th- I think it's. I find the psychology of Nick Kyrgios so fascinating because I think early rounds he doesn't want to seem like he cares too much just in case he loses and he looks silly. You know, he's. It's a big, cool bravado. You know, oh, I don't really care. I might lose first round. You know, and that's no big deal. I move on to the next tournament. Don't really care about tennis too much. But now he's made it to the semi-finals and even today, in the quarterfinals, he can let on how much he cares. I, th- I think he looked really nervous at the start of the match against Feliciano Lopez today when he was sat there doing his thing where he changes. He walks on the court in his basketball shoes, then he sits immediately down, makes his opponent wait for the coin toss while he changes into his tennis shoes. Why he doesn't walk on the court in tennis shoes, I don't know. Maybe it's a sponsor, sponsor cool, perhaps? arrangement. Or maybe, yeah, maybe it's all part of the exact constructed bravado that I'm referring to but I'm telling you Gigi he was nervous he would never ever tell you that I don't think but he was nervous he does care he cares a lot more than he lets on but he I think he lets on more about it the deeper into a tournament he goes because he's not going to look silly if he loses now is he whatever happens he's had a good week he can he can let us know that he cares and I think that's the thing about curious whenever you speak to people involved with him or around him they tell you he cares. They tell you he's a caring person. Someone doesn't set up a foundation if they are not a caring person. So it, it's there, and I think it's quite near the surface with Nick Kyrgios. I don't think he has the passion of tennis that maybe an Andy Murray has that now says, when he was speaking to you, I just want to be healthy and I just want to get back onto a tennis court. I 
don't I could be wrong but I don't think it means as much to Nick Kyrgios I think he's been blessed with this stunning talent and I think he's going to put it to good use in terms of building the foundation and looking after family and friends that's a person who cares that's a person who's emotional that is a person who is not a robot therefore of course it does matter but I think I agree with you you know as as the tournament gets deeper and there's more and more at stake then there are there are nerves there. He's a supremely talented tennis player that he doesn't want to look silly, he doesn't want to look daft, and if things aren't going well and he doesn't feel it, then he can be so ridiculous in his play that you say, oh, well, it was Nick Kyrgios. You don't really think about the performance because you can't really judge it because of what he's done. But now it feels like he's knuckling down. This performance looked like he knuckled down. And the way he's serving is stunning. Unplayable, you might say. I mean, yeah, it's you can't pick which way it's going, can you? That's the problem. Uh, with his serve, it's not. Yeah, I mean, it it it, it's, it renders the opponent completely helpless. Good luck, Marin Cilic tomorrow. That's <laughs> that's what I have to say. They play at one p.m. The first match of the day on Centre Court tomorrow. The second match of the day will be Jeremy Shardy, who, as I said, is twelve and one on grass this season, having defeated Francis Tiafo in our last match of the day today, six four six four. Tiafo, good performance from him, but just experience winning out, and you, you know you can't argue with an 11-1 and record on the surface this season which is what Shardy went into that match with Shardy will take on Novak Djokovic who got the better of Adrian Manorino today 7-5-6-1 but I don't know the scoreline today for me doesn't reflect the match I was significantly less convinced by Djokovic today than I was by him, particularly against Grigor Dimitrov, where I thought he was exceptional. And and obviously against uh, John Millman, he was very, very good as well. But I don't know, I just, I I did see this sort of slightly inconsistent, frustrated, concentration lapse prone Novak Djokovic creeping back in a bit today. And that made me start to wonder why, because he was playing an opponent that he seems to completely have the better of in the head-to-head, didn't really have too many ways to hurt him. So that leads me to think maybe it's because he was such an overwhelming favourite going in. The psychological dynamic, completely different to playing Dimitrov, where I think he enjoyed being the underdog. I'd give... I'll give a little bit of credit in the first set to Adrian Manorino because he is a tricky player to play. He loves playing on the grass. And sometimes when you watch him play, you're like, what is he doing with the forehand? How can he spin it? How can he slice it? How can he do what he does? He slices and dices. He mixes things up. He looks like he doesn't really care. He looks like someone said, so he looked like he'd just be out on a, on a park court because he's got the unbranded clothing and the way he just saw him in the players' lounge. Well, he, he was it, on his own and he wandered in, had a play. He occasionally down. wears a Nike top, doesn't he? But just because he goes out and buys a Nike top not because Nike are paying him anything to wear yes, a Nike yeah, top he doesn't have a clothing sponsor for what I believe at the moment he just wears what he is comfortable in and, and he, he can be tricky especially on the grass because it's a surface he loves but as, as you rightly said Djokovic has, has owned the head-to-head they've met on grass Wimbledon in the last couple of years and in that first set I think he found Manorino tricky at times because he didn't really know what to expect and, and for me Manorino rather collapsed in the second set and was sort of like Oh, okay. It's a little bit like when people play Nadal on clay. They work hard, they get an early break, they try something, and then it's switched. They lose the first set, and they're like, oh, I'm not sure yeah, the balloon I've got the, the belief or the effort to sort of do that again to have that same result. And it felt like a little bit. And when I spoke to Adrian Manorino ahead of this match, he was quite defeatist in the way he was speaking to me about playing Novak Djokovic. And I, and I do think it could have been very, very different if Manorino had held on to the early break and taken that first set. But I do 
think that his belief and confidence and everything just seeped away at the end of that first set. Yeah, it was almost like the attitude was, I'll really give this a go. And he did. He really gave it a go in that first set. And you're absolutely right. He's tricky. Um, tactically, I think he, he played it right, really mixing it up against Djokovic. You know, Djokovic loves rhythm. Slicing and dicing against Djokovic uh, has been a proven tactic to work. But then when Djokovic broke back and took the first set, it was almost like he went, oh, well, I gave it a go. I gave, I didn't think I gave I was going to win. Go. I gave it a go. I broke him. I'm not sure I've really got the... Am I going to do that again? Just No, probably not. Oh, but that was all right. And I got to the quarterfinal. I mean, it might be doing him a disservice, but it just felt like that the way in the second set he really drifted away and he wasn't the man arena. The first, I don't think it was purely because of how Djokovic was making him look. Yeah, especially as I, I just, I don't know, he could well click back into the Djokovic we saw against Dimitrov in the next match against Shardy. I, I think all likelihood he's, he probably will. But I don't know, against Dimitrov, he looked like the Novak Djokovic that used to have that locker room aura that almost invincible Djokovic that completely uh, ruthless dialed in Djokovic and today he wasn't ruthless and dialed in he was very very good in places but his body language and everything was was handing something to his opponent had it been somebody that believed that bit more I think he could have been susceptible today but hey maybe it's one off and uh, there's no doubt I, I don't think how much he wants to win this tournament how much he thinks hang on a second as much as he probably genuinely did come in here with no expectation took a late wild card surely he must now be thinking hang on a second I win Queen's you know, who else is challenging Roger Federer for the Wimbledon title, realistically? Well, this, this is a semi-final of, of a 500 tournament that he's not won before. Yes, he won the doubles in 2010. He's run up to Rafa Nadal in 2008. He has not won this. And last year, we saw him go to Eastbourne, decide to go to Eastbourne, walk away with the title, beating Gail Monfils in the final. And here he is in the semi-finals of Queen's. He's looking at this draw and he's thinking, well, hang on a second. I shouldn't, I don't need to be afraid of anybody in this draw. I am Novak Djokovic. And I can get through this now. So I think it a little bit is the case with him that he now looks at that field and he's got a very, very good chance. And what a perfect build-up this would be to Wimbledon. He is Novak Djokovic and here he is. It's a great achievement. Uh, every achievement is a great achievement and you, sh- you know, I, sh- I should be happy for it and proud of it. Um, you know, when you work all your life for something and, and then you get awards for it, of course, and, and of course it also... <clears throat> Throughout your your career, you're enjoying the process as well. Uh, it's it's obviously very positive, and I'm thrilled. I'm grateful as well that I'm able to uh, to to play so many matches and to win so many matches in my career. And uh, it's still the sport that I love with all my heart. Uh, I put in I put in that heart every single day, and uh, you know I'm just I'm just very glad to be able to to play semifinals here uh, after. Uh, you know, uh, Rome and, and Roland Garros tournaments that, that went pretty well for me. Uh, but before that, it was a struggle with uh, surgery and elbow and up and downs and trying to figure things out and get that consistency in the game. So I'm really glad that I was able to to play the way I did in the first three matches in this tournament. And uh, hopefully I can keep it going. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. 
Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Have to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, Tennis Podcast listeners. David here. Now, you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. Being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well, that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering Tennis Podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. So that was Novak Djokovic speaking after his 7-5-6-1 victory over Adrian Manorino today. He faces another Frenchman, Gigi Jeremy Chardy. He keeps saying it 12-1 on grass this season. You chatted to him after the match. We'll hear from that interview in a moment. What were your impressions of him? Jeremy Chardy is he's a lovely fella. He's full of confidence. He lives in Parsons Green. He lives, yeah, he lives a couple of miles away. Local it's, to me. His, his Never favorite, seen him in Waitrose. His favourite tournament. Uh, I don't think he's home very much. <laughs> As you know, the tennis tour, they travel everywhere. He is talking about this being some of the best tennis of his career. He said that immediately after the match finished. Yes, he's now 12-1. and one. He won the challenger in Surbiton. He got to the final losing it to Richard Gasquet in Hertogenbosch. He's playing some great tennis. He always has done on the grass. It's been the consistency that's been lacking with Jeremy Shardy through the years. But now with this win, he goes back into the top 50 in the world. He's got that belief. He said it, it makes a difference. But what you'll hear in the interview I did with him in a minute is when I came to talk about Novik Djokovic, he knows the record against Djokovic. It's at tour level, it's 10-0, and and he's never taken a set off him. He knows that. I couldn't bring myself after this wonderful win, he hasn't dropped a set. These two in the semi-final, the only two that haven't dropped a set all the way through. I could not bring myself in the question to say, as you'll hear, so, you've never beaten him. It's 10 and 0, you've never taken a set. So, I sort of, well, you'll hear, I, I put it in a sort of roundabout, I don't want to sort of ruin your high of getting through this quarter final to your first semi-final. He smiled, he looked at me, he knows, 
he's a good friend of Novak Djokovic, but, you know, how do you beat a guy? He's, he's never going to have a better chance. Never going to have a better chance. He's playing some of the best tennis of his career. It's his favourite surface. He's a local fella. He could walk to work. He's got a great support team around him. He knows Novak Djokovic very well. It's still not the Novak Djokovic he's played the last time in 2015. It, it's, I'm not saying he's going to do it, but this is the best chance Jeremy Shardy will ever have of beating Novak Djokovic. Here is Gigi being wonderfully diplomatic with Fever Tree Championships semi-finalist Jeremy Shardy. Jeremy, congratulations, a Queen's semi-finalist, and you've done so without dropping a set. I mean, it's uh, it's amazing feeling. Uh, today I enjoy a lot on the court. Uh, I love this uh, this court. I love to play in Queen's, and uh, I love to win. So everything was perfect today. This is fast becoming, if not already, your favourite tournament, and you also these days live very close by. Yeah, I always love uh, the Queen's tournament, and uh, now even more because I live next to the court, so I'm home. I can enjoy home after the tennis. So <laughs> for the moment, is a perfect week for me. This is such a great run for you at the moment. You're now 12 and one on the grass this year. What is it that you are most pleased about with how you're playing at the moment? I mean, I'm really confident. I think uh, I serve really well, and uh, and. Uh, I always take my chance uh, on any surface and uh, on grass. Uh, for the moment, it's working really well, so I, I'm happy. <laughs> we talk a lot about confidence giving you belief. Do you find when it gets to the big moments because you've got so much confidence, it does make a difference? Yeah, for sure. Uh, tennis is always like this. Uh, confidence makes a, a big difference. You can play good, but with the confidence, you play much better, especially on the key moment. And uh, on grass, I think when there is a tie break or a break point for me or against me, yeah, he helped me a lot. It's such a small part of our year, playing on the grass. What is it you love about playing on this surface? I always enjoy a lot to play on grass courts. Uh, the first time I play good like this, but uh, some year I don't play really well on grass. But uh, <laughs> this year so far is my best <laughs> surface, so <laughs> uh, it's good before uh, Wimbledon. Now we've got Novak Djokovic, the next challenge in the semi-finals. You haven't met since 2015. The record isn't great. How do you go about approaching facing someone when the record isn't very good? I mean, it's really difficult. Uh, it's always difficult to play Novak. I know him since we are 12 years old. He's a good friend of me. He's an amazing player. Like you say, I play him 12 times. I never win a set, so <laughs> it's, not, it's not easy, but... Uh, uh, I never play good like this in my career too. I'm really confident at the moment, so I will try to win the first set and after maybe the second. <laughs> so about taking it step by step and having that confidence and belief in how you're playing at the moment. Yeah, I mean, I have, no, I have nothing to lose, so I will just uh, try to do my, my best and uh, try to go for it and uh, take my chance. Now, I'm not sure if this will be tougher than facing Novak tomorrow, Jeremy, but we have, we have a little glass of sticks. If you could pull one out, read the question, and give us your answer. We're doing this with all the players, so let's see what we get. I hope it's an easy one. <laughs> what talent do you wish you had? Is there something you think, I wish I could do that? Maybe it's cooking. Maybe no, it's cooking, I never cook in my life, so I will not do that. Uh, no, talent uh, you wish I had. Uh, I think uh, I love arts, so I think I will uh, like to to know how to paint or to do sculpture. Uh, I'm really interested by that, so yeah, this will be me to be an artist. <laughs> do you do a little bit of drawing or painting in your spare time or not at all? No, not at all, but uh, I, I love. Every time I have time, I'm, 
I'm going to gallery, to uh, to museum, to uh, to check at it, and uh, I love it. So it's like this. And if we could do one more, and then we will let you go and prepare for your semi-final. Best lie you read about yourself. I think I read an article that my best shot was my back end. So <laughs> I think uh, the journalist was drunk, or maybe he did uh, because he wanted me to win the tournament. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy, thank you very much and good luck in the semi-final. So Jeremy Shardy, not as much of a, an English accent as I was perhaps hoping for, for somebody that we're claiming as an honorary Englishman. Well, we have to remember, he only got married September <laughs> last year, so he hasn't been living here that long. But he did say when I did um, a challenge with him, making some gin and tonics in the Fever Tree Lounge as fast as you can. You need to have a go at this challenge, um, I feel like it's the one for me. He's, he's definitely not leading the challenge, but I was asking <laughs> Where him... Where is he on the leaderboard? Without sort of spoiling it, because we've got a few we haven't released yet, he's not in the top four, I don't think. I think he just slipped He slipped down a little bit today. It'll be revealed later in the week. But I was asking about his allegiances in the football. And I said, now you live here, surely you're an England fan. And he sort of looked at me in a slightly bewildered fashion. And he said, England will be my second team in football, but they will never be my second team in rugby. And I thought, step away from this question. <laughs> he said, rugby, it is only France, and that is it. But he's warm to the fact that England will be his second team now he lives locally to the Queen's Club. We've got a Frenchman, a Serbian, a Croat, and an Australian, all of whom have teams in the World Cup. Uh, Australia probably for not much longer. <laughs> Serbia, depending on how the result goes tonight. So um, we we could have a sort of World Cup, Tennessee. I, I don't know. Ideas ideas are flowing, Gigi. What can we do with this? It doesn't look like your ideas are flowing. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, what I mean is, ideas are not flowing. Help me. It means I had a grain of an idea and didn't know where to go with People it. People so get help in touch me. with the tennis podcast <laughs> for your ideas. But what has been really nice to see in the players' lounge because at the moment the group stages there are three matches a day. Big screens are on. As soon as the football's about to start, Fraser, the concierge in the lounge, she knows everything about the lounge and about London, runs around with the remote controls, bang, 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 bang. And you see groups of players on sofas with their families sitting down to enjoy the football. And it's like what I love about sport, it brings people together. And I think football has a really good way in big tournaments like this of getting people in groups, getting people talking, getting people interacting. And it's exactly what you see happening here with this World Cup. Very well said, Gigi. It's been a pleasure to have your company on the Tennis Podcast tonight. We'll be back tomorrow, of course, after the semi-finals. We have been the Tennis Podcast brought to you in association with The Telegraph from day five of the Fever Tree Championships 2018 in association with our executive producers, Triple S, Manly Bowes, TennisBalls.com with La Manga Club and with Charlie the Ferret, as always, who I think is recovering nicely from his his recent surgery. So well done, Charlie. We've been the Tennis Podcast. We'll be back tomorrow from the Queen's Club. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.